Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and it is time for the Sunday Brunch edition of John Solomon Report. So glad you can join us. I really enjoy having these conversations. And over the course of the week, in addition to doing the original podcast, Amanda Head and I on Just the News, No Noise at Real America's Voice get a chance to interview some really, really thoughtful leaders in America. And they all bring news. They all bring ideas. They all bring solutions. They all bring, sometimes they bring evidence of wrongdoing. And as you heard from Scott Nelson and Matt Whitaker yesterday, there's a lot of concern about the FBI and the Justice Department, right? Well, today we're going to continue those conversations, but turn our attention to things like spending, the vaccine mandate in the military that ousted so many brave men and women who had served, what needs to be done going forward to stop the sort of false speech censorship that was going on at Twitter and Facebook during 2020, 2021, 2022. Actually, all the way back to 2018, when Adam Schiff, that Democrat from California, a guy that I often compare to the modern-day McCarthy, what he did to Congressman Devin Nunes to try to portray the original investigation that uncovered wrongdoing by the FBI and Russia collusion is so powerful. Devin Nunes is going to react to that. You're going to want to hear that. And then Niall Gardner, one of our great minds in America on all things Great Britain, he's a fellow at the Heritage Foundation. He's going to talk to us about all that Prince Harry in his book has done to actually make the British royal family look sympathetic and to make Prince Harry one of the more reviled figures in British history right now. So we're going to start with Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia. He serves on some of the most important committees. He's got some big thoughts about the FBI, about investigations, about President Biden's classified document problem. We're going to start there. Then we're going to go down to the border. Brandon Judd, president of the Border Patrol Agents Union, got some big numbers, big statistics, big ideas, and big complaints about Joe Biden. Of course, Joe Biden went down to the border recently. The Border Patrol agents weren't impressed. They didn't get a real opportunity to talk to the president or have their concerns heard. Then we're going to have Scott Perry. He was the leader of the pack of Republicans, the 20 Republicans that held out until they forced enormous change before they would let Kevin McCarthy become speaker. Scott Perry, congressman from Pennsylvania, is going to give us an update on what happened behind the scenes and how Congress is fundamentally different. This wasn't just an exercise in politics or retribution or personality disputes. The rules of Congress were so significantly changed that Americans are going to notice it. In fact, for the first time in a quarter century, they look a lot more like the rules that Speaker Newt Gingrich had in the 1990s when he achieved a series of balanced budgets with Bill Clinton that hadn't been achieved in decades before. 
So we're going to talk to Scott Perry about what's changed, what's different, what's new, and what Americans can expect Republicans to deliver on their promises and in what order. He's always a great interview. Then former Congressman Devin Nunes is going to be in the House. He's always a blast to talk to. Why? Because he not only is on the front end of solving the free speech problem in America by being the CEO of the Trump Media Technology Group and creating that incredible truth social platform that's out there, he's also been the guy who helped us get through the false stories that Russia collusion was real or Ukraine impeachment was real and got us the truth. But this week, we learned something pretty extraordinary. I think we all suspected it, but we, for the first time, got the smoking gun evidence. The Twitter files, I think, release 14, it was, divulged something pretty dramatic. And that was that three Democrats, Senator Dianne Feinstein, Senator, uh, she's of California, Senator Dick Blumenthal of Connecticut, and Congressman Adam Schiff, uh, the longtime nemesis of Evan Nunes, former House Intelligence Committee chairman, that they went to Twitter and tried to impose a false story on Twitter that Devin Nunes's report that unmasked the failures and wrongdoing of the FBI in the Russia collusion case was somehow Russian disinformation, the work of Russian bots. It was so laughable that Twitter actually called these guys the congressional trolls. They wouldn't abide by it. But think about this. Three members of Congress, three Democrats, trying to settle a political score, use the power of their office, two of them on the Intelligence Committee, right? Because Feinstein and Schiff were on the Senate and House Intelligence Committees at the time. They used the power of their office to foist a false story on Twitter, try to impose censorship just to settle a political score. That is pretty remarkable. Devin Nunes has some very strong thoughts about that. You're going to want to hear that. Then we're going to introduce you to a pretty extraordinary woman. She's a young woman in the military, went through the ROTC program. And then while waiting for her commission, she was kicked out because she wouldn't get the vaccine, even though she had asked for religious accommodation. Addie Hewlett's struggle is an extraordinary personal tale that's been repeated scores and hundreds of times. Many, I think several thousand military members have gone through this process. Addie Hewlett ultimately got restored. Her path to being restored is powerful, but she's not fully made whole. Yes, she's in the military again, being able to do the job she wanted to do for this country, but she lost her livelihood and her pay for two years. No one is trying to make it whole. Addie Hewlett's going to tell us why that's important. You're going to want to hear that story. Very impressive young woman. Makes you feel good about the future of our military and in whose hands it's going to be. And if Addie Hewlett is any measure of that. And then we'll finish up across the pond. Niall Gardner, you're right. Prince Harry, oh my gosh. The Who thought that you can make the royals of Britain look so sympathetic? But Prince Harry's managed to do that. We'll get the latest on King Charles, Prince William, Prince Charles, the royal family. And also a quick update on the new prime minister there. They've had three prime ministers in a year in Great Britain. That's unusual. We'll get a little bit of skinny from now, Gardner, on that as well. All right. That's your Sunday brunch edition. That's a good lineup. That gives you a lot of food for thought to go with a cup of coffee. Maybe the brunch you're eating right now before we slide into some football this weekend. Thank you for joining. Thank you for spending some of your valuable time on Sunday listening. I'm always grateful for that. And I, I wish you a blessed Sunday with your family and friends. Enjoy Andrew Clyde, Brandon Judd, Addie Hewlett, Scott Perry, Devin Nunez, and Niall Gardner back to back to back here on a Sunday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News. We're going to hear from a few of our sponsors, advertisers, strategic partners, and then we're going to kick in with Congressman Andrew Clyde right after the commercial break. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. 
Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner and bam, your home is not in your name and all of a sudden debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in Lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add Lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Our first guest, well, he played an integral role in forcing Congress to take a look at itself, change its rules, and do something that would make it more transparent, more responsible to the American public. And he joins us right now, Congressman Andrew Clyde from the great state of Georgia. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Well, John, thank you very much. Uh, Amanda, great to be with you on your show this evening. This was an amazing weekend, not just for the optics and the history and all the uh, the passionate debate. But at the end of the day, when you look at the rules package, Americans have so much more transparency, so much more accountability than they've had in a very long time. I don't think I've seen rules like this. And and since maybe the time when Newt Gingrich was the last time there was this sort of people's control of the people's institution. How important a victory was this for the American public? I think this was a absolutely uh, consequential victory for the American people. It was necessary. Uh, we saw the moment. We took the moment. Uh, this, as you said, has, is a set of rules that has not been seen in Congress for decades. And I think uh, it will bring fundamental transformational accountability uh, to the government. We all know that Washington, D.C. has been broken for a long time. And I came here to fix it. Uh, the rest of us came here to fix it. To, and that's, I think, what we're doing with this rules package and holding the speaker and leadership accountable to make sure they do what they're supposed to do according to the Constitution. And uh, I'm really excited about it. I think um, 
We're going to do great things going forward in this Congress. It was a bit of a rocky start, but you know, that's the way a constitutional republic works and it works for the American people. And that's what we did. We gave better representation to the American people through this rules package. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, sir. And, and I think that what transpired and, and throughout the whole process, what emerged to me was a very silver lining, which is that you have people, different factions with differing opinions within the Republican Party who are willing to stand up for what they believe in, as opposed to the other side of the aisle, where we have seen for cycle after cycle after cycle, the speakership race is not really even a race. It's just decided. Um, regarding these rules packages and the what I think a lot of Americans want to see as a culture shift, not just rules change and mood change, but a cultural shift in Congress. What are some of those main bullet points that you want to tackle first? Oh, sure. Uh, number one being the fact that we have a single subject uh, bills now and amendments that are that must be germane to the subject. So we're not going to have any more omnibuses. You know, those those terrible things that have tremendous earmarks in them that that are thousands of pages long. That's just not going to happen anymore. Then we've got a mandatory minimum of 72 hours before a bill can come to the floor after its final text is released. So members actually have the opportunity to read and debate what's in that bill. Then we've got regular order, which means every bill that goes to the floor has to go through the committee process, be read and debated in committee and amendments available in committee as well. I mean, these are just transformational things for Congress. Um, and then we've got the amazing church committee that's in this set of rules or, or church style committee that's going to go after the weaponizing of, of federal agencies against American citizens. I'm really excited about that part of it. Uh, I think that's going to um, uh, just just bring the claws back in from the federal government and it will allow people, regular American citizens, to no longer have a government that is is using uh, the commercial sector to proxy, as a proxy, to deny First Amendment constitutional rights. So I, this is a great rules package. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, voting on it tonight and seeing it successfully cross the finish line. And I'll tell you one, one last thing. Uh, I have seen a speaker in Kevin McCarthy fight. You know, his last four words of his acceptance speech was, I don't give up. And, you know, we saw him fight through 15 uh, uh, vote series. You know, I think that's going to terrify the White House and the Senate because we have a speaker now that has shown he knows how to fight and he's going to fight for us. Yeah, no doubt. His medal was definitely shown on, on display for all of us to see. Congressman, I want to talk a little bit about the border. The president went down there again. It was an optics event. It really has no real effect on the crisis affecting our border. A lot of people say, hey, this is a multifaceted system. The president doesn't enforce the law. The Homeland Security Department doesn't uh, or kept, it keeps the border open, doesn't allow the uh, Customs Border Patrol agents to do their job. And then there's a third layer of this nonprofits collecting lots of federal money often. And they're involved in taking the illegal aliens who get into the country and trafficking them inside does the new Congress have some plans to address the NGOs that are involved in that part of the illegal immigration chain? Well, we certainly have plans to address the border crisis, and that is the Texas border plan is going to come up for a vote that is in our rules as one of the requirements. And then you are right about these uh, these 
nonprofits like Family Endeavors, for example, uh, who had a single source contract, a non-bid contract initially for $86 million, and then the next second contract was over $500 million. These are things that, that I, that the Oversight Committee has not really been able to go after because we were not in the majority. We are going to go after these sorts of things, and I'm really looking forward to that as well because we are going to expose what the Biden administration is doing to damage uh, the security of the American people. Because if you don't have border security, you do not have national security. And President Biden owns every bit of it. I was glad that he uh, went to the border. Well, as you said earlier, it got near the border uh, today, this weekend. Um, and, uh, but what he really saw, I think, was just a whitewashed scene. Uh, he didn't really even get to, uh, to see what was going on there. But I think that was uh, probably intentional. But it, it's amazing uh, that just a majority party electing a speaker can force the president to do something he hadn't done in 50 years, and that is actually go to the border. Uh, great point. Yes, sir. Congressman, I wanted to ask you about something that uh, a lot of folks are already shuddering over the thought of. Just a little over three months from now, we've got tax day. I don't think COVID is going to push back that deadline. But regarding these 87,000 IRS agents, it seems to me that one of the culture shifts on the Republican side of the aisle with you in the majority is that y'all are going to be, I don't want to say exploiting, um, utilizing in a creative manner parliamentary procedures that 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 can be shifted a little things like the whole mineral is that something you guys are ready to implement right away day one on day one, the Holman Rule is a phenomenal rule. Again, that's in our rules package. What the Holman Rule does is it allows Congress to go and to reduce the funding of an agency. And it is so granular that it can actually go down to the individual job description of that agency. And we can defund that agency um, at, at the federal employee level. So the Holman Rule is going to be a great tool to use in, during this particular Congress. And um, I'm looking forward tonight to voting uh, to defund the 87,000 IRS agents. Yeah, a lot of people are chairing that as a, one of the first actions of this new Congress. Congressman, you have been a champion of liberty for a long time, and you speak eloquently of the need to protect the core liberties of this country. We see more and more evidence of the censorship that's going on, the Homeland Security Department, the White House. New documents came out this week and showing the Biden White House putting pressure on big tech companies. Uh, where are what are some of the solutions that you think Congress will be able to impose to restore the assurance that our government's not going to go out and try to squash the opinions of everyday Americans in the big tech space? Well, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, just last month I introduced what is called the Free Speech Defense Act, and that would eliminate the ability of the federal government to work through these particular um, media companies, these big tech companies like Google and Facebook and um, uh, Twitter as a proxy to eliminate the First Amendment rights of American citizens because the government can't do it per the Constitution, and they cannot also do it as a proxy working with these companies to do it by proxy. And that's what this particular piece of legislation would do. I'm looking forward to uh, introducing it again in the 118th and uh, maybe we can get it across the finish line in this Congress. Yeah, important stuff. Congressman, before we let you go, we got to talk about China and COVID. And I know Republicans, many of you have expressed interest in digging into the origins of that and not necessarily just Anthony Fauci and his support of gain of function research. But who are some of the other major players who you want answers from as far as COVID? Well, I think our intelligence agencies uh, need to um, 
uh, pipe up and tell us what they know. What has what have they been keeping secret about COVID? We certainly are going to be um, interviewing and uh, uh, deposing Anthony Fauci, and we are certainly going to do the very best in our ability to uh, find what the actual source of COVID was. Uh, was it weaponized in a Wuhan uh, lab or? Or, or where? Where did it come from? You know, I, I think that most of us believe that, uh, but we're going to figure out uh, the exact origins of COVID and hold China responsible for it, too, because yeah, that's cool. what needs to happen. So we got about 10 seconds left. Just real quickly, declassifying documents will be an important part of that, won't it? Yes, it will. It absolutely will. The American people need to know exactly what happened. All right, folks, up next, Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agency Unit. He's going to talk to us about just how bad it is at the border and just how little Joe Biden's trip did to solve it. Right after this message. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you your 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Hey, folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Joining us right now, somebody who got to see this up close and personal, the uh, head of the Border Patrol Union, 
Brandon Judd. Brandon, great to have you on the show again. John, it's always good to be with you. Thank you. So walk us through the difference of how President Biden on his first trip to the border uh, interacted with the Border Patrol compared to, let's say, what a President Trump would have done a few years ago. You know, I don't want to use rhetoric, but what he did was a complete and total joke. Um, he went down and he spent the vast majority of his time at a port of entry. We're not, our problem is not at the ports of entry. Our problem is between the ports of entry. That's where the drugs that are coming in that are killing so many of our citizens. That's where they're coming from. All of the illegal immigration they're taking between the ports of entry, not at a port of entry. He went to a secure location. He did not see what was going on. He didn't even bother speaking with Aaron Marine interdiction. He didn't bother speaking with one of the three main components of CBP um, that is charged with securing the border. He did spend a little time um, with the chief patrol agent of El Paso down on the border, but that was a that was the securest location on the border. He didn't see anything. When you look at what President Trump did when he went down to the border, not only did he include the three major components of CBP, Border Patrol, OFO and Air and Marine, but he also included the landowners. He, he included the business owners. He included every Everybody that is affected by this, um, Biden included very few people. And on top of that, he cleaned up everything before he went there. He chose to go there at the slowest time of the year um, than, than anything. And, and so, you know, when we're apprehending thirty five hundred people a day, that's when he chose to go. He didn't choose to go down there when we're apprehending seventy five hundred people a day. And he knew this. And that's why this this visit was, again, not trying to use political rhetoric, but it was just disgusting. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, you know, I know that Congressman Henry Quaylar was with him and he's one of the few Democrats who has actually spoken out about immigration because his his uh, his congressional district is on the border. So they feel the repercussions of it. Was there anyone else present do uh, you think who was able to give it to President Biden straight? No, no, there was there was nobody there that was going to be willing to give it to him um, straight. Not even the business owners that he spoke with. Again, he went to a sanitized uh, uh, non-governmental organization facility where we transport the migrants to. That was completely and totally empty. Everything that he saw was a sanitized version. Not only that, Amanda, but the day before we doubled our patrol agents on the border because we because President Biden knew that the media was going to descend upon El Paso. So he wanted the mainstream media to see a very, very clean version of what is going on so that everybody would say, look, there's nothing to see here. There's no problem. There's no chaos. There's no crisis. Um, instead of looking at what is the reality um, to develop the, uh, the programs, operations and policies, you're never going to have the will to do what's right if you're not willing to look at the actual problem. Yeah, that is so important. It's such an important uh, thing to remember. If you look at the optics and not the reality, uh, you can make whatever false illusion you want. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about Texas Governor Greg Abbott, because he confronted the uh, president with a five-point plan. Looks a lot like the Trump plan to before. Also seemed to be setting up the stage for a possible request for money, for all the uh, uh, money that Texas has had to lay out to protect itself from the open border. The contrast between Governor Abbott's plan and the Biden, Biden's lack of a plan. So if you look at what they, just a couple days ago, President Biden came out with a press conference and he said, this is what we're going to do. All he did was repackage the six pillars that have failed miserably over the last two years. When you look at what has actually worked, when you look at 
remain in Mexico. When you look at consequences for violating our laws, holding people accountable, that's what Governor Abbott gave to him. And we have seen time and time again, this has been proven over and over again. We're not recreating the will. We're looking at what is time tested and proven. And what Governor Abbott gave him has been time tested and proven. Yet this administration is going to completely ignore that. All they're going to do is deflect and try to put blame on other people, which is what they've done throughout this entire administration. Brandon, I remember on uh, January 20th of 2021, a lot of people who care about border security had some pretty dire expectations as far as what would transpire during the Biden administration. And this is just based off of, of his policies and what the Democrat uh, Party was supporting at the time. Um, do you think that now we are halfway in, are things better or worse than those dire expectations predicted? You know, it, it's, it's amazing because we would have never dreamed that we would be in the situation that we're currently in. Never. We, we knew it was going to get bad. We knew it was going to get worse, but we thought that it was going to get three or four times worse. We're at eight times worse than what it was under the Trump administration. So we would have never dreamed that we would be in the current situation. And it's, it's amazing that an administration would allow this to happen. That's just um, absolutely horrible governance. But what we've seen time and time again with President Biden is he stacks the people around him that are political activists. Look at the, the West Wing. It's filled with political activists. Look at the political appointees in DHS. They're political activists. And when you when you stack everything around you um, based upon the activism that, that happens in the United States, you're never going to get the true message. You're never going to get anything that is true. I look at good governors. I look at good presidents. I look at good um, senators, even within their offices. They're going to have people in there that don't have the same views as they do because you have to have um, the opposite views so that you can then evaluate what's going to work right. President Biden hasn't done that. He has not brought in anybody that is going to have a different view from him. He wants to be told everything that he that uh, he wants to be told that everything is good and that he's doing everything that's right. And when he does that, he feels good about himself, but our country goes to goes to pot. I want to ask a little bit. There's a new sheriff in town, at least in the United States House, and Republicans are talking as though the border will be a primary focus of their investigations, of their hearings, of their rebudgeting. They're going to try to use the power of the purse string to force the Biden administration to apply by the abide by the laws that they haven't been. How important is that? And what sort of messages have the Republicans in Congress been sending the Border Patrol agents over this period of transition? So it's extremely important in the fact that it's going to be very, very difficult for the mainstream media to in ignore the facts or the evidence that comes out of these reports, these investigations. Um, that's going to be very difficult for them to ignore. And when they don't ignore it, then the American public is aware. I'm amazed when I travel around the country, I'm amazed at how few people know what's actually going on the border. And that's simply because the mainstream media covers for this administration. They don't just cover for them on border security. They cover for them on economics, foreign policy, energy independence. They cover for them on everything. But but this is one of those issues that unless you're getting it from the media, you just don't know what's going on. You're going to fill it in your pocket when the when the economy is down. But you're not going to see what's going on on the border unless you have personally been affected or if the media is telling you the truth. So when when the Republicans do their investigations, all the facts, all the evidence that comes out of it, it's going to be very difficult for the mainstream media to ignore that. So that's why I'm very happy that these investigations are going to ensue. 
Brandon, um, this is something that we have spoken to you about on the show before, but I don't know if this aspect of it gets talked about enough. You mentioned the activists within the Biden administration, within Homeland, um, but there are actual activists on the border, non-governmental organizations connected to churches on the border uh, who, who exacerbate this issue. Can you talk to our audience about that? Because I, again, I think that that's one of the leading factors here, but it doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. When you look at uh, pandering to open border activists, when you look look at pandering to non-governmental organizations, when you're looking at funding, funneling money to those organizations for profit, you know, even though they, they might be a non-profit organization, they pay salaries. Well, these salaries come out of the money that is being funneled to them um, by the federal government. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a very corrupt system all the way around. And until we take corruption out of the government, until we say, look, these senators, you can't get kickbacks from these uh, contracts that you're that you're getting you can't until we take the corruption out of the government we're going to continue to see um, all of the problems that we have on the border we've got to remove the corruption we've got to remove the non-governmental organizations and until we do that corruption's going to ensue brandon we got about 30 seconds left just real quickly would you like congress to see a ban on some of these ngos actually ban the money from the executive branch going to them i for do the purpose of moving immigrants I, I, I do because then we'll get the enforcement policies um that are necessary if we don't have the enforcement policies we have to have the ngos but if you but if we ban the ngos then they're going to give us the enforcement enforcement policies that we have to have up next the inside story of what went on beyond those 20 rebel republicans and kevin mccarthy that got the deal that so substantially changed the way congress and spending is going to occur in washington congressman scott perry the chairman of the freedom caucus the leader of the pack of those 20 rebel republicans giving us the inside story and also how that fight looked messy on television for all how that fight unified republicans right after this commercial break Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you, because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited-time 
IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. He's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus and the man whose work affected so much change in the House rules that we've now seen played out in history here in Washington. He is Congressman Scott Perry from the great state of Pennsylvania. Congressman, great to have you on the show, sir. Well, it's great to be with you. And of course, I'm listening to the news and I'm thinking, you're telling me that top secret documents have been locked in a closet in a private office of a partisan uh, nature for, for six years. And we're supposed to think there's nothing to see here after after, you know, SWAT teams and, and, and federal marshals roll up to the former president's home. And, 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 you know, people say, well, this is apples and oranges. Well, it is apples and oranges. One person has the ability to declassify literally anything. And one person has no ability to declassify anything. Why? Look, I'm a guy that's held a top secret uh, security clearance for for decades. Um, look, you know, you either operate under the rules, or you don't operate under the rules. And it seems to me, look, it, you know, this is probably, I suspect, going to be one of those circumstances where we see two di- two different justice systems. One for those who are connected, who, you know, think the right things and say the right things and one for a different justice system for those who are pariahs in society and are to be dismissed and canceled. And that's that doesn't engender trust in, uh, you know, in the system by the American people. Congressman, I just want to follow up quickly because you just voted on the floor about something that I think has the potential yeah. to change that dual system of justice. The Select Committee on the Weaponization of Federal Government going to look at these very issues, how Donald Trump and Joe Biden get treated entirely different on the same subject. Tell us why that's so important. It's so important because we can see, look, we can't keep waking up every day and saying, I told you so and do nothing about it, whether it's uh, whether it's uh, Social Security numbers of a bunch of people that the J6 so-called committee was going after, whether it's these National School Boards Association's collaboration with the White House and the district, uh, the Department of Justice to go after parents and school board meetings or whether it's uh, the, the FBI and the DOJ's collaboration with big tech to silence and uh, and censor information that they thought thought would be, uh, you know, unfavorable put to the Biden administration or to the narrative. The American people are sick of this overwhelming federal power that is being abused. It's they're out of control. Everybody knows it. And of course, the Democrats aren't interested in looking into it. Now that the Republicans have the House of Representatives, we're going to rip the, the lid open on that thing and just see how deep this rack hole goes. Yes, sir. And I, on that note, would love to talk about rules. Uh, it seems to me that yeah. with the new rules package that was adopted yesterday, it seems like there's going to be a demonstrable shift in just the way that Congress operates under this new Congress with Republicans in the majority. There were a couple of rules that, that really caught my eye, this five-minute rule as opposed to 15 for voting, the single-issue rule. Talk to us about some of the rules that you think are going to have the biggest impact on, on the way that, that Congress operates. So people will get their eyes glazed over, but it's important to the American people. They just don't know it yet. The biggest one, Amanda, is the single subject rule, in my opinion. 
And so what we've often seen is these huge behemoth bills moving through the House and the Senate. We call them Christmas trees because everybody hangs an ornament on it. And you go to your representative and you say, well, why did you vote for that piece of garbage? And the representative will say, well, there was this one thing in there that we were really for and I had to accept all the other stuff. And people are able to hide behind that. That's going to be over now as long as the House enforces these rules on the Senate and everybody else. One subject. And then everybody gets to see how the represented voted. Did you vote for it? Did you vote against it? Am I for that? This is a this is about supporting the little person, the little guy out there that's just working every day to pay his taxes and follow the rules. They want to know what their representatives up to. And that is a huge never been done before in Congress, even though it happens in many most of the majority of the states never happened before in Congress. Also, the 72 hour rule. Now, that sounds like it's easy. 72 hours to read a bill. Only in Washington, D.C. is the three day rule. One minute on day one. 24 hours on day two and one minute on day three. So that's two minutes and 24 hours. And oftentimes we just wave all of that stuff. Look, citizens want to know that their representatives are reading the bills, understand what's in them and have a chance to read them, not just having having them jammed down their throats. And then we want to know what we're you know, that we're voting on things that make sense, not just voting on things that we have to to get to the things that make sense. And so I think those are two of the most impactful uh, things that we're going to see that will change the landscape here. And then finally, open uh, what we call an open rule, which allows amendments. And I don't know whether you guys know this. No amendments been on the floor for six years. So how do representatives represent their districts if they can't put an amendment on the bill? They're not, you know, if you're not a member of that committee, but it, it impacts your district. The only thing you get to do is vote yes or no. That's not real representation. You want to put an amendment on it. You might not get your way, but your constituents should have a say. Uh, that's exactly what the founding fathers intended. And we've been deprived that say for so long. Now we have it back. Yeah. Um, Congressman, you were smeared in the media a lot. A lot of people said, listen, the, the 20 rebel House yeah. Republicans, they were about themselves and a personal vendetta. Yeah. I, I talked to President Trump. He's coming up in a few seconds. Everyone's going to hear that. He said, listen, I was talking to these guys. It wasn't about personal vendetta. They were elected to change the way government worked in Washington, and they were determined to force it. I want to hear from you to all the critics who said you were doing this yeah. selfishly. Vendetta, what really was your motive? Our motive was to change Congress so it doesn't work for Washington, D.C., but works for America. And John and Amanda, uh, a lot of people here know this. I was uh, I was negotiating in good faith since last summer. But since nobody wanted to hear any of this and they figured, oh, we're going to have a huge majority, we'll just we can just consider we can just dismiss these viewpoints. Look, Washington works on power and nobody wants to give power up. But there was an opportunity to force that change. We would rather not have to do it that way. But that was the only option left to us. And we took it. And look, right now, everybody is happier for what happened. They didn't like how it happened, but they like the results of what happened. I love that. And, and you know, credit to Speaker McCarthy. One of the things he said that he was going to do immediately was repeal those 87,000 uh, IRS yes. agents. Now, obviously, the concern is that if and when it goes to the Senate, they're going to say no thank you, uh, as would Joe Biden if it somehow ended up on his desk after the Senate. So, so what's next for those 87,000 IRS agents? So this is a message to the American people. Your new Republican majority in the House of Representatives is committed to return some sanity and, and take out the weaponization of the IRS against working people. But you're right. Uh, uh, Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden aren't going to entertain it, which is also informative to the American people. But what it also does is send us a message to the Senate 
and to Joe Biden that you're going to see that policy again come on spending bills. And if you want to defend the IRS instead, you know, and shut the government down over that, that'll be your call. But it's not going to be the call of the House of Representatives. We aim to support the American people and not the government. And uh, so I, I hope they I hope they receive the message. If they if they haven't, they're going to they're going to hear about it again very soon. And you've seen in the last 48 hours, sir, so much unanimity that Republicans voting in lockstep, getting things done just like they promised right. in their commitment with America. Uh, on the other side of the aisle, there's a guy named Mitch McConnell. He's been behind a lot of this omnibus stuff, debt ceiling increases. Yeah. How do Republicans deal with him going forward? And more importantly, how important is the debt ceiling debate of March and April? Whenever that comes up, how important is it for Republicans to hold the line? Well, it's a huge leverage point, and we absolutely need to hold the line. We need to agree on on what our strategy is there. But I can tell you this. We can't just keep increasing the debt ceiling and not do something to drive down the trajectory. And I think that's going to be the leverage point that we use for that. And look, um, we appreciate what Mitch McConnell's work is in the Senate and having to deal with Chuck Schumer. That can't be pleasant. But what we can't do is allow the Senate to continue to roll the House of Representatives and more importantly, the American people. And so now we have the tools to stop that. And the House of Representatives needs to use that set of tools to say to the Senate, look, you're not going to send these midnight 4000 page, you know, one point seven trillion, seventy two hundred earmarks with less than 24 hours to read and jam us, uh, jam us with that. That's not going to happen anymore. We're putting you on notice now. Single subject bills. And we're following the budget. And if you don't pass your appropriations bills, the problem's going to be on your end, not on your end. We've had enough of it. Don't touch that dial. I'm going to introduce you to an incredible reaction. Devin Nunes has some strong words for three Democrats who went to Twitter and tried to portray him as a Russian troll. It turns out they were the trolls. They voiced false information on Twitter trying to censor a political opponent. Devin Nunes is going to give us a skinny right after this commercial break. Folks, Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Devin Nunez. He's the CEO of the company that oversees True Social. And he joins us now to react to this extraordinary revelation. Congressman, we knew at the time Democrats were trying to discredit your investigation. They filed a fake ethics complaint against you. They did all these things. But going to Twitter, telling them, hey, these are Russian bots promoting Devin Nunez and having Twitter call them congressional trolls, kind of funny, isn't it? It is, and uh, it's great to be on with you. Two days in a row. This is now a record, John. Maybe there'll be more breaking news tomorrow. I'll be on with you and John and Amanda tomorrow night. Repeat. But the the <laughs> odd thing about this is that you know we knew all of this, but I still think, although you know President Trump and I have been very supportive of Elon Musk buying Twitter, and Matt Taibbi has done a hell of a job here. But, you know, if you go back at that time frame when we were going back and forth with Facebook and Twitter, I'm talking about 2017 and, of course, 18, mm-hmm. you know, they never would come out and actually say that this was bogus information. Now, we, right. they knew it. They told us privately at the time. And, you know, I tried to say it as often and as loud as I could back in 17 and 18. But clearly, you know, that wasn't the narrative that was out there. And I think if you step back from all this. This was probably about the time that big tech was coming under full control of both the FBI, DOJ bad actors, mm-hmm. and of course the Democratic National Party and, and their, their committees and, and their power structure. Uh, because you know it was Obama who first went after Zuckerberg, blamed Facebook in 2016, and it almost appears by reading these emails that Matt Taibbi has went through and provided some of them for the public, it actually looks like these were people who didn't really want to go forward with this, uh, who wanted to kind of say something, but knew they couldn't. And of course, from here on out, it just got it just got worse. Devin, you obviously were most intimately involved with the contents of what came out in this this Twitter file dump. But I'm wondering if there was anything that came out that surprised you. And, and do you feel vindicated? Well, look, I mean, uh, I've never you know had an issue. You know, I always knew that you know, I had a duty to do on behalf of my constituents and my country, and that was to, you know, tell the truth. And that's what we did. And, you know, at, at the, that time, if you go back in those days, you always have to step back and think, well, it would have been easy for me just to turn the other way, not do anything. But the problem would be you'd have to live with yourself with that uh, for the rest of, you know, rest of my life. So, you know, I wasn't interested in any of that. And I think who's lost here is the American people. And if you look at it for years and years now, you've had 60% of America, roughly, that have been under this spell of the, of the United Alliance between the Democratic Party, the fake news media, and big tech. And now, ultimately, it looks like also most of our intelligence agencies. So that's who's lost here, is that we've had a major disinformation campaign that have, quite frankly, made many Americans delusional and look, it was the reason why I was very clear. I wrote a book about this in, in 2020, July in 2020. And that's why I left Congress ultimately was because the Internet needed to be back open to opened up back up again. The American people needed their voice back. And, you know, it's sad, right? I mean, Twitter never had to do this stuff. Facebook should have done this stuff. True social should never be a thing. But, you know, it is. It is because of what happened during this time frame in American history. 
It is remarkable. I want to ask about consequence, because at the end of the day, we know Adam Schiff has said things in the past that was fa were false. Like, I've seen with my own eyes the evidence of Russia collusion. You just have to be willing to see it. There never was any. Even Robert Mueller agreed with that. Uh, there was a time when Senator Blumenthal gave us a false story about his Vietnam War service that he didn't engage in. Uh, the repeated yeah. pattern of members of Congress using the authority of their office to uh, try to create a false portrait for political purposes seems to have gotten pretty far down the line. Should Congress, should Kevin McCarthy, should Senator McConnell consider a, a motion of censure for these three lawmakers for trying to smear you as carrying out a Russian bot uh, disinformation campaign when it was nothing of the sort? Look, I think Speaker McCarthy has already said that a couple of those bad actors are not going to be on the Intelligence Committee anymore. I think at this point, you really need to look at this seriously. Should Schiff serve on any committee? In my estimation, he should not. I mean, what did Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene, known as MTG from Georgia, new member, what did she ever do to lose all of her committees? Right. And look, we talked about this last night. This is not something that should have ever happened, but the Congress is in a very dark chapter of American history here, and real consequences have to take place to pay for not only what Pelosi and all of the Democrats did in the last Congress, but what Schiff and others did in the previous Congress. Now, let me just quickly address Denane Dick Blumenthal from the Senate. I don't know what the hell this guy was doing in any of this. I never don't remember this guy being around the Russia hoax at all. Not sure. I, it looks like he was just trying to insert himself uh, into this, and he played like Joe McCarthy. I mean, he's not only Denang Dick, but he's now like Joe McCarthy Jr. The moron got involved in this. I feel bad for the people of Connecticut. But good job, Denang Dick. I just remembered your name again because I had totally forgot about you. But thanks for being a jerk at the time. <laughs> Devin, we've just got about a minute left. Um, this... Within the Democrat bag of tricks, this one seems to be relatively successful with respect to labeling things that Democrats disagree with as misinformation. My concern is that in this new Congress, this 118th Congress with Republicans at the helm, when folks like Congressman Jim Jordan and Congressman Jim Comer are conducting investigations, they bring things to light. Democrats, again, are going to label this as misinformation, and the message doesn't get across to the American people. Is that a concern that you share? Yeah, look, and that's and that's why I left Congress, because we had to open the Internet back up. And that's what we're doing here at True Social. And so, look, it's a slow slog, right? It's it's very, very slow. But, you know, as Justin News reported, uh, you know, we had our, a record week last week. And right now, knock on wood, we're actually going to beat last week this week if this nice. continues. So, look, there's a long time to the next election. The American people have been kept in the dark or at least you know, close to 60% of them. So, you know, maybe now over time, people will learn more. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, an extraordinary young woman serving in the military, Addie Hewlett, her story of fighting the vaccine mandate, losing her job in the military, getting it back, but still not getting made whole on the lost income and time that she had. Addie Hewlett's story is very powerful. She's a very thoughtful woman. You're going to hear from her next right after this commercial break. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? 
Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Joining us right now, Second Lieutenant Addie Hewlett. Addie, great to have you here. A, a, a great honor. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So for two years, you're in limbo, right? You can't provide for your family. You can't really provide for yourself. And the government's not letting you do the job that you signed up to do. That is correct, yes. And I wanted to preface our conversation by stating that since I'm active duty, my opinions are my own. I'm not speaking on behalf of the Department of Defense or the United States Air Force. But yes, you are correct. Amazing. So what was that like? Just walk us through real quickly. You're, you're trying to exercise a religious exemption, which the code allows every uh, uh, armed services member to do. What sort of reaction do you get when you start in that process? Sure, absolutely. So actually, unfortunately, we were not afforded the ability to file for a religious accommodation. Uh, some of us were, majority of us were not. So what happened was in May of 2021, we all commissioned as officers from ROTC. Now, as per usual, we entered into the inactive reserves where we awaited active duty. Uh, so while we were awaiting active duty is when the mandate came out for service members to be vaccinated. Um, however, during that time, we were not active duty service members. We were still in the inactive reserves. Uh, and we were being told that if we wanted to go active duty, we had to be vaccinated. However, we were not being afforded the measures to file for a religious accommodation uh, because we did not have a chain of command. So we hadn't reported to our active duty unit. And we were no longer attached to our ROTC unit. So we were unfortunately uneligible, is what we were being told, to file a religious accommodation request. However, I want to take key note that at this time, we were also not being ordered to receive the vaccine. We were being told if we wanted to go active duty, we had to have the vaccine but we were not being ordered to receive the vaccine. Um, we were not afforded any other options for any sort of exemptions, medical, religious, et cetera. So our only option was to receive the vaccine. We also were not being covered medically. Uh, we were not gaining any wages from the military. We weren't on their payroll at this time. Uh, so we weren't being paid. We weren't being offered any job opportunities and they were not covering our medical bills. But they were telling us if we wanted to go active duty and claim our spots as we had already had active duty dates set up, uh, then we had to receive the vaccination. Unfortunately, uh, we did not agree to that. That's not something we wanted to do. We try, uh, we try to go through avenues to receive religious accommodation requests or file for exemptions. Uh, but unfortunately, those led to no end and they fell on deaf ears. And so our active duty was extended for nearly two years. And it's only been in November of 2022 in which we were allowed to go active duty. Well, and something that's that's also concerning to me is that even though the vaccine mandate was repealed through the NDAA, it doesn't appear that there is anything preventing this vaccine mandate or any others in the future from being implemented again. 
That is correct. And something I really want to touch on, too, is that NDAA only repealed one memorandum. And that one memorandum came from the Secretary of Defense. So there are other memorandums which apply to the National Guard and the reserves. And those memorandums are not being repealed. And they are still pursuing um, kicking service members out of the military who are in the National Guard and the reserves. Yeah, we had a story like that over the weekend. It's just unbelievable, Addy. So what are the next steps for those of you who are still fighting to have your rights uh, reserved and protected? What are the next steps in the court or inside the military to try to get justice here? Absolutely. Well, so the biggest step is gaining awareness because there's something really important behind this that Americans are not paying attention to. And I think service members really are not aware of. So in Title 10 law, Section 1107 Alpha, it very clearly states that service members cannot be mandated to receive an emergency use vaccination. So the only vaccination that service members can be forced to receive must have FDA approval. To date, there is no FDA approved vaccine on the market. Doesn't matter where you go in the United States, you're not gonna find it and the bases are not providing them. There is none, it has not been available to anyone in the United States. That came from the anthrax vaccination. So in the 90s, when service members suffered greatly due to the anthrax vaccination, which was forced upon them, we saw thousands of service members suffer adverse reactions to the point of death. Uh, And this was in great numbers. From there, they created this law, Title 10 law. And in there, it states and it protects us service members from being used as trials for things like vaccinations. It also applies to things like testing and masks. Unless they're FDA approved, they cannot be forced upon us. So what's going on right now is service members are using their right to informed consent and they are refusing a trial vaccine. However, they're being punished and kicked out and their livelihoods being taken away from them for using their right to informed consent to say no to something. And that is within their rights to say no to a trial vaccine. However, we are still pursuing punishment on service members who are using this right. And that's completely unlawful. That it is. Oh, my gosh, how short our memory is with respect to this type of treatment in the military. Um, now that Republicans have a majority uh, in the House, we've only got about a minute and a half left. What are you looking for them to do to prevent this stuff in the future? I'm looking for action. Uh, I don't really care about empty promises. I don't care what you say you're going to do. I'm looking for you to do something. Uh, And like we spoke about earlier in this NDAA, it does not prevent the Department of Defense or anyone else from putting on mandates on service members once again. Really, all it says is, hey, if you want your money, remove this mandate right now. But it doesn't say you can't bring it back. And like we spoke on earlier, uh, it's also still allowing punishment going on throughout the military. So what I'm looking for is for there to be justice for these service members. And I'm looking for there to be justice for service members who have been unlawfully removed from their position and whose livelihoods have been removed based solely on the fact of using their right to informed consent. I mean, it's plain and simple. It does not matter. Truly, if you filed for a religious accommodation, that is your right, but you shouldn't have had to have done that because there is no FDA-approved vaccination. So there is no reason anyone should have been kicked out of the military at this point. Education is so important on this. You helped us tonight get started on that path, Addy. Uh, real quick, where can someone find out more about the foundation, all the work that you guys are doing? Absolutely. So if you're interested in helping us uh, fight this injustice, we do have plans on taking this to court and helping other service members who are suffering as well. Please visit the Pipe Hitter Foundation. That's H-I-T-T-E-R, the pipehitterfoundation.org. 
All right, let's finish with a little saucy British gossip and tabloidism. No, not really. We're not going to. We're going to have some real thought, actually. But a little few five minutes, six minutes of thinking about our friends over the pond in Great Britain, our great allies. They've had a rough year. Three prime ministers in one year, and lots and lots of controversy in the royal family. Plus the death of the extraordinary and incomparable Queen Elizabeth. But in her aftermath of her death, oh my God, her grandson Prince Harry, he's been acting pretty badly. He and Meghan Markle making a messy thing of the royal family. Lots of gossip, lots of vitriol. Val Gardner's going to bring us up to speed on that right after this commercial break. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Joining us right now, uh, the director of the Margaret Thatcher Center for Freedom of uh, uh, for Freedom at the Heritage Foundation, Now Gardner. Now, great to have you back on the show. It's my pleasure. Many, many thanks, uh, John. I I don't really do a lot with royal uh, history or news coverage, but the last few weeks have really been riveting to see this drama play out. This sort of bad blood between son, father, brother, and royal family. Tell us what's going on with Prince Harry's new book and the dynamic that is really playing out in London. Well, uh, I have to say that uh, Prince Harry really has, uh, I think, burnt all remaining bridges he has with the royal family. Uh, his memoir, uh, Spare, certainly sold uh, very well. I believe it sold something like 400,000 copies. But the, the damage that it has done to Harry's reputation is absolutely immense. In fact, I describe Prince Harry today as the most unpopular uh, figure in Great Britain at, at the moment. His uh, wow. his latest um, approval rating I see in the British uh, media is minus 37 uh, points, actually. So uh, Harry, I, I think, is a, is a deeply, deeply unpopular figure. Uh, Meghan is close behind in terms of unpopularity. Uh, and I think Harry's scorched earth approach here, really uh, fundamentally attacking his own family, his father, uh, his uh, his brother, and practically everybody in the royal family comes under fire. Uh, Harry has done, I think, tremendous damage to his own standing, his own his own image, and uh, this book is a real bridge burner in in every respect. Yeah, the the dichotomy between he and his brother at this point is just um, incredible. I wanted to ask you though, because it seems that Harry and Meghan they they go out there, they say they don't want to be in the spotlight, and yet they've got this book, and I, I don't know what demented garbage is in the algorithm that suggests content to me, but I had their their show suggested to me and I almost threw my remote at the television. They say that they don't want to be, you know, the subject of tabloid headlines and palace intrigue and things like that, yet they continue to put themselves in these positions where they are actually in the spotlight. Yeah, that's a, that's a tremendous point. Uh, Meghan and Harry really are uh, incredibly narcissistic 
individuals. It's all about them, and it's all about, of course, generating a great deal of of wealth. Uh, in fact, they earned reportedly close to $100 million for their Netflix documentary. Uh, they signed a, a four-book deal worth uh, $20 million. Uh, and so they're generating a great deal of, of wealth to advance uh, their own personal uh, agenda, basically. And in the meantime, of course, the, the British public's turned hugely against them. Also in America as well, I think they're increasingly unpopular uh, here in the United States. Uh, and uh, But I, I, I describe them as, as two of the most arrogant, narcissistic people on the face of the earth uh, today. Uh, and uh, they, they are increasingly, I think, uh, viewed as incredibly self-centered in individuals actually who who only care about their own fame and and fortune uh, but the reputation uh, is going down in flames as we speak what does this do we got about a minute and a half left what does this do to the royalty king charles uh, prince william what does it do to them and the the standing that the, the royal family has among the everyday citizens of great britain yeah that's a very interesting point because i think the popularity of the british royal family has increased uh, even further, actually, uh, following all of these revelations and all of these attacks from uh, from Prince Harry. And so the British people really have rallied around uh, King Charles III and also around the Prince and Princess of Wales, uh, William and Kate. Uh, and uh, I think what you are seeing uh, is uh, even stronger uh, support for the royal family across the Atlantic and also here in the United States. I think there's a great deal of sympathy uh, for uh, King Charles, for Camilla, and also for for William and Kate as well, the Prince and Princess of Wales. Uh, while while of course the uh, the publics on both sides of the Atlantic are turning against Harry and Meghan. So a spectacular own goal, really, for for Meghan and Harry uh, with this uh, this new uh, memoir from Harry, but also the Netflix documentary as well has caused a great deal, uh, I think, of unhappiness actually on both sides of the Atlantic. Uh, I think the royal family will grow stronger uh, and they will be even more popular in the wake of Harry's absolutely awful, ghastly attacks. Amazing. Just amazing. Now, very quickly before we go, just 30 seconds left. Apparently in this book, Prince William talked about the body count when he served in the military. That seems like a, a violation of an unwritten, maybe it's a written rule in, in Western military cultures. Your thoughts on that? Yes, actually, Harry has come under a very heavy fire from a lot of uh, former British uh, military officers, generals, uh, who have uh, strongly attacked him here, uh, saying that this is not uh, the way that uh, you know former members of the, the British military behave in terms of you know revealing the numbers of, of enemy killed, and this also, of course, endangers, frankly, Harry's own family That's as, it. as a result. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Justin News. Thank you for listening. A big thank you to Andrew Clyde, Brandon Judd, Addie Hewlett, Scott Perry, Devin Nunes, and Niall Gardner, the man with that great British accent. What a great conversation. We took you around the world from vaccine mandates in the military to the abuse of the FBI to the inside story of that incredible drama inside the Republican House caucus and then a little bit of the British tabloids as well. A lot of fun stuff. I want to thank all of our guests, all of them so grateful. And of course, Brandon Judd on the extraordinary story at the border. Wow, what a thing to think about. All right, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, the rest of your week, and God bless you. God bless your family and friends. Happy weekend. Enjoy the Martin Luther King holiday tomorrow. I'm going to be in. We're going to have a special show tomorrow. The incredible niece of Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Alveda King, on her thoughts, on her uncle, on the holiday that commemorates it, on the state of race in America, 
opportunity in America, what we need to do to go from woke to smart again, and also because she is such an advocate for the life of the unborn. We're going to talk about the upcoming March for Life in Washington, the first March for Life in more than a half century where Roe v. Wade wasn't in force. We're going to have all that on tomorrow. What a great opportunity. Dr. Alvita King, I also introduced you to one of my new colleagues here at Just the News, Nick Jeevis, great investigative reporter. He's been working alongside me on all of the investigative reporting we've been doing on the Biden documents, the Biden family corruption, and all, and so much more, the FBI as well. You're going to want to tune in for that. Buckle in for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, folks, that wraps it up. Happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest. We'll be back tomorrow on Martin Luther King Day, the federal holiday, with a special edition of John Solomon Reports. Good night, God bless, and Godspeed. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews.